That came up quick. My name is Eric. I'm an alcoholic. Um, thank you for asking. Um, appreciate that. <laughs> that was kind of short, but probably better that way. So my name is Eric. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I love telling you that. That's my favorite thing to tell you. Uh, it's the single most important fact in my life for sure. Uh, I'm a... I was a little wired up earlier because I drank some of those energy drinks. I, I like those white rock stars. <laughs> My secretary goes, hey, you can't drink those. You know how bad they are for you? I'm like, how's that compared to, let's say, lighting cocaine on fire and sucking it through the glass, too? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't give me any crap about that anymore. <laughs> so, I guess I'll get right to it. Um, I'm sober 29 years. September 6, 1994 is my sobriety day. Uh, my sponsor um, was Jim Mercer for most of my sobriety. He passed away about two years ago. And then I had another uh, sponsor. His name was Dave. He passed away last year. So, um, you know, I'm working on another one. Anybody want to sponsor me? <laughs> <If> you... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> kill anybody else <laughs> so um those are the most important things i could tell you about me is that you know and um you know my my drinking career was riddled with um probably 40 or 50 uh, arrests for you know nothing big you know i wasn't like a big gigantic criminal but i you know i did a lot of drinking and a lot of uh drunk driving and you know, driving on a suspended license and just, you know, I went to jail a lot. And so when I got here, you know, I, it was no secret that I needed to be here. Um, it was pretty clear that I was an alcoholic and I needed to be here. It wasn't, you know, no secret. My family knew, my friends knew, my job knew, everybody knew. And uh, most of all, I knew. So, um, you know, I grew up right here in Laguna Niguel. Um, it wasn't that much here when I, when I was growing up. Uh, grew up in a nice little neighborhood. Um, you know, there was a lot of young families at that time. And it seemed like a normal life growing up, you know. Um, my, my family loved me. My parents loved me. You know, we had enough money. Um, so, you know, if you think, and it, and it seemed normal. It's like a normal life. So if you think that, um, you know, whatever conditions you had in your life when you were growing up was, what caused you to be an alcoholic, I tell you that's not so. Um, I'm an alcoholic because I have an abnormal reaction to alcohol and life. And uh, that's pretty simple, really. Once I take one, one hit, one taste, one of anything, it sets off this craving that I have no control over. And it makes getting another drink more important than anything else in my life, more important than the courthouse, more important than school or you or job or my family. You know, you get between me and another drink, and I'm going to go over you. I'm going to go around you. I'm going to go through you. But bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to get to that drink. Guaranteed. And uh, that's how it affects me. Um, and when I get stopped, because something usually really big and really nasty gets in my way and stops me. Um, if I could stay stopped, you'd think everything would be okay. But 
what happens is that my head starts talking to me. In step two, it talks about sanity. And my brain starts talking to me about what a loser I've become. There's three things that happen in my head. First of all, there's all my nerves, nerve endings in my body are on fire. They're all connected right up my spine, the back of my head, and are connected right into my brain. And it's just tense. I'm restless, irritable, discontent, just like the book says. And then I got this other thing going on where um, everything that I've ever done in my whole life, everything I've ever been ashamed of, every negative thing that's ever happened in my whole life is like right from me, right in front of my face. And it's um, staring me down. And, you know, and that's all I can think about. And um, if it was just those two things, <laughs> maybe I could get through it. But there's this whole other thing where my brain starts talking to me about, you know, hey, uh, you know, just take the edge off. We'll just have one, you know, and it starts, it's, I start thinking about it, what it's going to taste like, who's going to be there, how much it's going to cost, where am I going to store it? How am I going to hide it? Just, you know, this constant, you know, thing going on in my head. Now I'm thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I can't stop. It is relentless. It is the most incredible obsession that has ever happened. And uh, thank you. Um, and I just, I can't stop thinking about it until I always cave in and have a drink. And then I'm back in that circle. I mean, I, I can't, I'm in the pool. I'm out of the pool. I'm in the pool. I'm in the jacuzzi. I'm in the pool. I'm in the jacuzzi. I can't stay in either place for very long. And, uh, you know, you get to that place where you'll, you know, talk book talks about wishing for the end. And, um, you know, I always end up getting to that place. So I get to, I get to Alcoholics Anonymous after one last arrest. And, you know, I, I'm, I, this guy, I stayed at his house. My, one of my, I'd been in a rehab for about 11 months and I was chipping and I, and I got out of the rehab and you know, it was my last day. And uh, this guy gives me a ride to, uh, to his house and we, I stayed on his couch. And the next day I had everything I owned. There were, I was getting out of the rehab that day and I was afraid of life. You know, I was just really afraid of life because I didn't want to go back to jail for, you know, a long time. And, uh, and so I was carrying my stuff across this bridge down in, um, in Capitol Beach, Beach Cities, and I'm standing on the bridge, and I just, I made this decision. I had this moment with uh, my higher power. And it, what it was, was I just decided that, you know, I, I, if I keep living the way that I've been living, if I keep doing this, if I keep drinking the way that I'm drinking, I'm going to go to jail for a really long time, or I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get hit by a car. Or I'm going to die. Something bad's going to happen. Nothing, you know, and I didn't want to be like permanently maimed. So I, you know, I just decided that, you know, by that time I'd been to a few meetings and I just said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to try it. Even though I think it's a shitty idea and I don't think it's going to work. I'm going to try it and do it anyway. And, uh, and at that same moment, I made this deal with God because I'd made lots of deals with God. And the deal was always like, uh, you know, if you get me out of this one, I will, uh, you know, give all my money to charity and, you know, just all, all kinds of crap. I knew I could never fulfill, but um, this deal had to be different. It had to be something I could keep my end of the bargain. And the deal was, okay, if I um, have to live at the, at the campground down here and, you know, walk to work and, and, you know, uh, uh, sell Big Macs for a living and have just a miserable life with no friends and no family. And, you know, if that's what you want from me, God, then that's what it'll be. But I'm not going to drink no matter what. 
And that was the deal I made. That was it. And uh, so far to date, I haven't had to have a drink since that moment when I made that decision. And I've done everything you guys asked me to do. And my life has flourished. This is the most amazing and incredible life I've ever known. Uh, you know, my, my family trusts me. They trust me in my job. You know, there's a couple stories I could tell you. I could tell you about the money and the cars and house and, you know, all of that stuff. But that's not what impresses me about Alcoholics Anonymous. What impresses me is how I feel. Because today I'm not alone. I'm not afraid. I'm not angry. I'm at peace all the time. Up here in front of you guys, what, 80 people maybe in this room staring me down. I'm not even nervous. It's not even like this. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm at peace. And, and I'm not thinking about having a drink because that was all I could think about. That was all I could think about. And uh, how much longer? Got another minute? Uh, uh-huh. Okay. Just tell you two stories. One story when I was about, a, uh, I guess I was about a year or so sober, two years sober maybe. I went with a bunch of friends of mine and went down to um, the Padres to see the opening day. And they were, um, there was this kid they brought up, a brand new pitcher, you know, it was Pat opening day. And uh, this, they put this kid up there and he threw the first pitch and the guy slammed it out of the, out of the park. And then he, they, the next batter came up and the next guy just hit one into the infield or somewhere. And, and then the third pitch, three pitches, not three batters, three pitches. Uh, the third pitch went completely over the wall in the back, probably still hasn't landed yet. And uh, they took that poor kid out, you know, and uh, I don't know whatever happened to him, but, you know, that kid got up there in front of 50,000 people and he threw his three best pitches. My whole life until I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, I could th- never throw my best pitch. Never. Um, when I was about 15 years sober, my my dad contracted cancer and he'd been smoking for his whole life. And um, and I was out there, uh, t- I was positioned in my job where I could take him to his treatments. And um, so I took him to, uh, I was out there like on a Wednesday and he had his safe open. He has all, all his important papers on the, on the table there on the on the bed and uh and we're you know doing the stuff that nobody wants to do that you know um but i saw this uh piece of paper and had my handwriting on it and it was a letter that i had written to him when i first got um sober uh it was an, uh, an apology letter or amendment letter that i had written to him and uh, he kept that letter that i wrote to him in his safe with his most important papers and uh you know, he, <laughs> you know, I, every time I got out of jail, I called that guy. I called him up. He got, he bailed me out of jail one time, but every time I, just to let him know that his kid was in jail again, that's the kind of son I was. And, uh, you know, when, when, when I saw that letter, I knew that he trusted me, he believed in me, and, uh, and he was proud of what Alcoholics Anonymous had done for me. And, uh, and you just don't get to where I am today from where I was without those steps, these people, this God. You know, I want to encourage you to do everything that they tell you to do here. And, uh, you know, I guarantee you'll have the best life you've ever known. So I appreciate you letting me come up. Thanks.